Brennan, are you ready? I need another minute. <laughs> Welcome to the Baseball STL Podcast. J.J. Bailey back with you after a week hiatus because of the holiday. Joined today, uh, I have some esteemed colleagues. We have Brooke Grimsley, sports reporter for KMOV, and Brendan Schaefer, our Cardinal writer, also for KMOV, and as always, Mike Ritter, producing his way to the top on the boards. How's everybody doing today? How's the, how the holiday? How's the holiday? holiday? Yeah. That's yeah. how the holiday was. Good. I did not. That was good. <laughs> Neither did I. I well, how, did, how did you guys get so lucky? And I didn't. I worked. I worked nights the fir- the two days leading up to it, so oh, I got that day okay. off. So okay. I really, yeah, I didn't leave the house. It was tremendous. Michael, your holiday? I worked. I was here. Good. I like. Away. I like See, hearing when people had worse times than me in this building. The hard workers. That is true. Well, Brendan, Brooke, we're back here. We had a we had a week off. Um, I've been promising to publish every week, and we did publish. We just republished a, an interview with Alex Reyes, but. Uh, what a team. What's, there's been a lot since we, we were on these mics. Uh, <laughs> so they are, a quick status check, Cardinals are 47 and 43. They are seven games back. They are three games back in the NL wild card. Um, they had a positive run where they were taking a couple of series. They looked pretty good. They went absolutely nowhere in the standings. Um, so let's talk about this road trip. Up and down road trip. One, two against Arizona, split against San Francisco, beat the absolute uh, pants off the White Sox <laughs> on Tuesday night. When you look at this team now compared to, let's say, two weeks ago when we were discussing this, and it felt like if you lost another series, if you blew another lead, uh, that a midseason firing could be hitting the coaching staff. How does this team compare and I'll start with you, Brooke. How does this team compare to what you saw two weeks ago? Is this a better team, or is this just about the same with better wrapping? I would say just slightly on the better side. You know, I mean, obviously last night was a huge win for them, and, you know, great seeing them doing so well and being productive at the plate. But at the same time, it's like it's the White Sox, you know. Does it really feel that great at <laughs> the end like, of the day? It felt like in the action movie where, like, the hero <laughs> finally wins, and he's like, ah, and he pulls, like, he empties the clip on the yeah. bad guy. Only if, like, it was the first bad guy he had met in the movie. Like, the White Sox <laughs> isn't, I mean, good to see them explode. It's good, but yeah. They're, but they're, it, the, it doesn't they're the feel only team that plays worse defense maybe than the Cardinals. Yeah, it doesn't feel exactly great. But still, at the same time, like, seeing some of those guys perform well. I mean, obviously, like, Dexter Fowler doing well. And that game last night was great to see. Yeah. And then Miles Michael is continuing to be a great starter for the Cardinals is also promising. So I feel like they're getting those pieces. It's just that that consistency is still, you know, something that you kind of question. And you question that a lot, especially during the road trip with them. Yeah, 14 runs is great to see. But um, I think with this offense, and Brendan, you were you were the first person I saw. You weren't the first person, but you were the most openly uh, ecstatic to see Dexter Fowler kind of have that cathartic grand slam but this is an offense that you almost when you see 14 runs you almost cringe because you're like you're going to need some of those I think. yeah, yeah we, exactly we see that happen time and time again where they'll they'll do that for one game or two games maybe they'll score eight the next night but then you know that they, they score one or two runs for three or four games in a row and you're like okay where was that and so while it was good to see on tuesday is it okay if i'm a little cautious or because of maybe some bitterness of knowing that we've seen this movie before 
and that I'm not ready to assert that the lineup is going to be fine because there are still some guys that you would like to get going, and maybe that is a jump start for Dexter Fowler and, and Colton Wong's been hot. There's some other guys who are playing well. But it just seems like this team has struggled to have a handful or more guys doing it all at once. They did it for one game. I'm I'm not sure they're going to do it for three, four, five games in a row, like for an entire week. Let's, let's see that because I think that's what – they're capable of doing that's you know they, they've clearly individually got the potential to do that but we haven't seen them all put it together at the same time one well, i'll put it together against somebody other than the white Sox, maybe well, yeah, and they the keep saying too you know they keep saying in interviews is that they feel like they're getting close to finally being all together <laughs> they keep saying that and i mean yeah we see it it's hit or miss and stuff but what do they mean by that? What do they mean by they keep feeling yeah. like they're getting close? And I think that's what, you know, what he was saying about, you know, the fact that we can't get them all working together at the same time. It's, you know, up and down with certain players. And it's and it's it's one of those things that I think is hurting them. And it's one of those very common refrains, especially from manager Mike Matheny, that they're, they're close. They're right there. You know, a guy is always just a, a tick away or a, mm-hmm. a pitcher is always one adjustment away. Or the lineup is getting close to locking in. Um, I don't I mean – we it's one of those things that it's like guilty until proven innocent with with this offense because I just don't think that there's anything on in the in the preceding 90 games that tells you that they are close this just feels like an explosion of offense and then a drought and then an explosion Um, it's we've not seen a version of this offense that routinely puts up seven runs a night so I don't know what they're getting close to however uh, Mike I don't believe Brandon. You weren't on this. You, you and I did the uh, big three when we talked about Colton Long. But Mike had to sit through my explanation, uh, my detailed numerical explanation about why the Colton Long turnaround was actually legitimate. And I said that it was. And Mike, I would like you to confirm that I am the smartest boy. I, I hate admitting when you're right. <laughs> I but, am. Uh, you, I am the. I'm a big smart boy, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Colton Long is coming around. His last seven games, he's batting 550, uh, batting, uh, slugging 900. And I think the biggest stat with that is in the past seven days, he struck out one time, which that was an issue for him uh, earlier this year when he was really struggling. So to see him only strike out once in the last seven games is awesome. Uh, yeah. And he's putting the ball in play. He's, I mean, the defense hasn't slowed down at all. You haven't traded the defense for good offense. So he's really coming into his own, and that's, that's an exciting thing to see. Well, and mercifully, I'll keep this mercifully short for anybody who missed that explanation, but it, it boiled down to the fact that Colton, ba- Colton Wong was hitting – the ball harder than he ever had in his career. He was getting it in the, the – he was hitting more barrels than he ever had in his career. He was swinging at the first pitch less than he ever had in his career, and he was chasing less bad pitches than he ever had in his career. So all of those things were like, this is a matter of time. If you're doing all of those things better than you ever had, some of these numbers have to normalize. And we saw him raise his average – I think he said a season high in average now, right? I mean, I think the last time he was this high was in like May fourth or something may six that yeah yeah and and the cool part about it is even while he was struggling at the plate he remained a valuable player to the cardinals because of his defense which has been rock solid all year and so like you kind of get a little giddy just to think about what it would look like if he you know he's not going to hit 550 the rest of the season but if he were even a league average player offensively the rest of the season and what that does for his value over the course of 162 games uh, and then when he's going well at the plate you see things like you did on tuesday where he thinks to lay a bunt down and, and does it absolutely perfectly for a base hit because he's got the speed. He can beat you in a lot of ways. He's an exciting player to watch right now. I'm I'm fully on board with any explanation 
regarding Colton Wong because I love to see it just as much as as, as you do. Yeah, I've been a Colton Wong uh, uh, stand for a long, long time, and it's there were there were rocky times there. There the bandwagon did not have a whole lot of butts and seats, but I think he's coming around. Uh, Jed Jerko also, after having a pretty uh, ugly June, is having a tremendous July. I don't have the stats in front of me. I think but he he's hit 159 like, in June. He's in like 400 in or 400 something. 400 and slugging, you know, 767. I think I looked it up yesterday for the yeah. for the like the week or so of July, week 10 days, whatever it's been. I think that's what that's what makes Jed Jerko valuable. Like, you know, there was this question a while back about you know his best offensive stats came when he had his his career low in at bats. So is he a guy that benefits from playing a little bit less? Um, we talk a lot about, and we'll get into it, about possible moves to reshape this Cardinal roster, but I think one of those pieces that is, is wholly underappreciated is Jed Jerko, just because he can play multiple positions for you, and he goes on these runs. Like last year, I think it was last season, where he was just single-handedly beating the Padres every time they played him. Um, he can go on these runs where he can he can offensively kind of carry a whole section of your lineup, and I think that even if he's not playing every day and even if you want your you know your your superman in your lineup a guy like Jed Jerko is like aspirin he just solves a lot a lot of headaches for everybody he's versatile and yeah. that's what you need when you have those other in- inconsistent players that aren't stepping up as much as they need to well speaking of inconsistent Tommy Pham last 15 games 163 <laughs> average 16 strikeouts on a late base scratch pers- yeah game. a late yeah. scratch that had everybody running to twitter to suss out the trade well, I was waiting to see what was wrong with Harrison Bader because Jairo Munoz ended up playing center field, which yeah. I needed to, like, double take and then triple take. Which I'm here for. That's get, Whatever. Yeah, that's I get don't weird. Even... Play him in all nine, I Whatever. guess. <laughs> but that's, to Brooks, to, your, to Brooks' point, um, you know, when you have these guys that are, that are inconsistent, um, a Jed Jerko can solve a problem uh, where Tommy Pham has a 280 on base percentage, and all of a sudden you need some life in the in the offense, and you can find a way to get Jed Jerko in a game. He's not that difficult to get in there. Uh, before we leave this behind, and hopefully forever, the Dexter Fowler, Mike Matheny, Mosellock uh, saga, new chapter in Tuesday's game because now Dexter Fowler gets that grand slam. Mm-hmm. I won't pretend that all of a sudden he's hitting 300, but – that had to have one mentally for him for something to finally go well and to go well right at the point where everyone's discussing and everyone's looking at him. Yes. Everyone's discussing you and your relationship with the team and how complicated it is because he's not playing well, but the communication uh, good for him as a, as a player to finally have something go well uh, and have everyone kind of reminded like, Oh, right. Yeah. Dexter Fowler, uh, has played baseball at a high level before. This guy is not going to swing a pool noodle for the rest of his career. Uh, but I think that adds kind of a, it, it, at least superficially, it adds kind of a fun wrinkle to this whole melodrama, does it not? No, it does. And I thought it was interesting last night. I don't know if you looked at the Cardinals' Twitter, but they actually tweeted out a picture of Dexter Fowler and Matheny smiling mm. at each other mm-hmm. and so i think that just adds to it even more somebody that was somebody's job that was somebody's <laughs> that job was, to they f- were find me that photo <laughs> someone yes. find me the photo of the smile they're fine they finally made eye contact that's huge <laughs> well and i think uh, brandon you've written about this a couple times uh we we've talked about it i think it was on sports sunday at one point the biggest thing with this is mike mike and dexter you know not talking or or previously had not been talking and now they will probably be talking to make sure that when they're asked they can say that they were talking um two things one mike matheny is supposed to be that is his calling card he is the clubhouse guy right you know his in-game decision making is uh, subpar 
and he did not have the experience when he came in, but the whole idea was he can keep a clubhouse together, he can keep the train on the tracks. And so for this to be an area of failure is of note, especially in this season where he is very much under the spotlight. Um, but also, managers and players fight. You know, there's mm-hmm. plenty of managers and players who don't get along with each other. Uh, rarely does it become this public. And really, do you get the specifics of not reading certain text messages? We haven't talked in a month. Um, I think this is all kind of kind of leading toward – it seems like Mike Matheny has had a lot of headlines this season, and very, very few of them have been positive. Yeah, and I mean, it, I don't even know that you can – put it down to just this season we remember the Yadier Molina Instagram situation last oh, yeah. year in the past situations with Colton Wong and so I, I feel like you can kind of count your handful of instances that just come top of mind that do make their way to the media whereas you mentioned a lot of this stuff can happen a lot of times behind closed doors but just the fact that it is kind of leaking out here and there you you wonder about that especially for a guy as you mentioned that was su- supposedly the you know, the, the, the clubhouse leader and the, the, the player's manager, as they say. Yeah. And I think even the Yachty thing, that was – it was interesting because that, you know, that's an Instagram post that he – like he's essentially dictating how it's going to get out and he's letting you fill in the gaps. This was an interview with a reporter. You know, this is Mark Saxon from The Athletic. Uh, f- you know, he had a conversation. This is a player openly talking to not, – not going on their own social media channel and being like, well, I'm going to – you know, I'm just going to vent. This is like, no, I'll answer your questions about this, which is a lot more open than these disputes normally get. I mean, yeah. I, don't think, I don't think you usually see this in too many clubhouses. However, the only thing that can repair a broken relationship is generally winning, right? Winning and playing better, and then nobody complains about anything. He looks like a great players manager when they win 100 games. Yeah, exactly. You know? I mean, th- and that's what Everybody they were talking would. about. Because they, they had as many injuries as they've had this year. They won 100 games, and that was the headline, was that Mike Matheny was running out of personnel seemingly before the end of the season, and they won 100 games. He kept the tra- train on the tracks. Wins are his, his, his kind of protective coding, and if they can start winning – no one will talk. No one will even remember Dexter Fowler, Mike Matheny's bat by September. True or false? Yeah, no, I absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's move on from the Cardinals for a moment to Mike's favorite team. Mike, before we go on, uh, you have a uh, a hot take that you've been stewing and brewing for a while. Yeah, I'm sitting on it. I haven't officially said that it's okay. my hot take, but it's still cooking. And it's it's hard whenever the Cardinals start have a game last night because then I watch that. And I'm like, okay, maybe they can turn it around. But I've been kind of up and down on the Cardinals all year. I've tweeted my allegiance to the, the Oakland Athletics Your a few times. Your favorite team, the Oakland Athletics. Um, yeah, we, we do need to talk about them. No, but uh, the other day I was just looking at the standings and stuff, and I was like, you know what? The Cincinnati Reds have been playing really, really well. Sneaky good. Sneaky good. Mm-hmm. So my hot take that I'm, I'm sitting on it right now, I'm not, I'm not jumping on board, is the Reds will finish with a better record than the St. Louis Cardinals. And so we'll back this up. Um, so the Reds, since the since they played the Cardinals, and if you remember, all of, like a lot of the Cardinals' early wins were these nice checks from Grandma that they were getting every time they played oh, the Reds. Oh, that was so fortunate. Yeah, nine and one against the Reds. That's mm-hmm. good for any team's record. But since the Cardinals have played the Reds the last time, the Reds are eighteen and eight since June twelfth, and. Nine and one, one and nine, right against each other. And if you take out the Cards versus the Reds, and you take those two teams versus everybody else, the Reds are forty and forty-two, and the Cardinals are thirty-eight and forty-two. Those were vitamins for the Cardinals' record, and now here come the Reds back to town. What do you th- What do you think about the possibility here that 
I'll start with Brooke. That Mike Mike's take should he ever take it out of the oven and actually release it into the world? I I don't think it's crazy. I would have said it was crazy in in May, but I don't know about now. Well, yeah, I think definitely in May you would be like, no way. No, absolutely no way. You're crazy. But now, I mean, as you said, they're sneaky good. I don't I don't necessarily say sneaky because I have seen how they've been playing and they've just three all stars. Yeah. I mean, they they have been crushing it. I mean, seriously. Did you see what they did to the Indians on Tuesday? Oh, yeah. The come back nothing lead in the ninth ninth. inning. They score seven. I but this is why the NL Central is so wild this this yeah. season. I mean, it's just Deep. it's wild. I think I think the Cubs are still underperforming a little bit, but yeah. you have a lot of teams. You have a lot of teams that can that can, they're all going to beat up on each other. I think the Pi- the Pirates finally finally came back down to earth because I was going to have a stroke if they kept leading the. <laughs> I think that was our first podcast. Yeah, was I watch was, out for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I could not handle that. But they're, I, I they think, had an atrocious uh, game last night. <laughs> and they, yeah, they were they're very clearly they're you know they've pulled back. They're gonna they're gonna walk to the finish line. They have a bullpen uh, problems. Th- yeah, they're yeah. they're they're gonna sell. Uh, but the Reds, four All Stars or three All Stars on the infield. Yeah. Eighteen and eight over the last twenty six, they can beat the Cardinals. They could move into third place. I, I mean, I see a path to third place for them. I believe they're top ten in pretty much every offensive category. But the biggest thing, and it's always been the big thing with, with the Reds, is they just have no pitching. No, they're like they, the Orioles. They have they, no. They have pitching. no pitching. But the offense, you never know. They got they got Hunter Green sitting in the in the minor somewhere. Maybe he'll come up one day. Brennan, can the the Reds gonna? <laughs> no, come on. They, I'm looking at the standings here. They, I think they probably will beat the Pirates. Uh, because they only trail them by two games right now, and like you guys mentioned, the Pirates are heading the wrong direction in the standings. But I, I don't think the Reds will have that pitching to hold up. And I think if they're smart, they might try to flip somebody like Matt Harvey before the deadline. They just got him this year. But if you want to, if you want to consider yourself a team rebuilding for the future, and maybe you're a little closer than we thought, the way you're playing right now, I don't think you're you're holding on to anybody that's a, a short-term asset like that. So I don't think that they're going to be in the in the business of trying to to win the division or make the playoffs. I, if the if the Cardinals lose to the Reds, man, I don't know. I, I understand. I understand that right now. You know, you mentioned the stat that the Reds have a better record against the rest of the league than the Cardinals do. But yeah, if they finish with a a better record than the Cardinals, the Cardinals have bigger problems than even we than even we thought. That's that's my take. It's not very hot, but that's that's where I'm at on that. I think that's apocalyptic, right? I that's mean, really for, bad for that's any bad. for any semblance of the uh, especially for starting the year the way they did. One and not, like that's not something you're gonna forget. Well, and I think that the fact that they've got three All-Stars and the, the Cardinals now have two and could get Matt Carpenter, and I think he's, Mike, you said he's fifth he's right now. Last out of how many? Five. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it would, take a, it would take a miracle I for him to get I was not expecting in. that either, by but the like, way. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, well, think about this. Though. The Reds had three All-Stars. The Cardinals had one in Miles Michaelis until Molina got added. But that's the like the the, the MLB mandated. Yeah, you have they, to have nobody one. selected yeah. him except for like the people that are supposed to. They have to. That's yeah. a, that's their job. So, I mean, look at we're, I know that it's still it's still kind of lunacy to consider that the Reds could uh, pass the Cardinals in the standings. But when you look at those two teams and they had three elected All Stars and the Cardinals had like the no 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 you have to have one from the Cardinals. <laughs> so here's and and the Cardinals guy go. is Miles. <laughs> Michaelis, who's who, been very good, who's but, been great, but he's but. best free agent signing. Yeah, he's <laughs> he came back from Japan and he's not part. He wasn't part of the team core. It was kind of a gamble pick. So I don't know. I I just I find Mike's take intriguing. I'd like to see if it ever makes its way out into the light of day. The the NL Central is going to be fun the rest of the way. I mean, the, I don't I don't see the Brewers slowing down. I think they could be a team that could make a big 
uh, trade. Um, there's been talk about Manny Machado. Well, to the Brewers, you yeah. think? That, okay, that's like been it. a rumor. Yeah, you haven't, you haven't seen I've, that at all? I've heard the Dugram rumor Ooh, is one that I either like. Either of those would be delicious. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember where I read it, but it was a deal where hey, ten years ago they got CC Sabathia. It's true. Yeah. Maybe now it's time again to you know every once in a decade you can trade some prospects <laughs> for an All Star rental. Like that's that's yeah. okay. I can see that. I think the NL in general, the wild card race is going to be interesting because we were we were talking about this. I mean, the, the the American League essentially five teams and then everybody else, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And so, well, six. Come on, A's. Let's go. Oh yeah, you're A's. You're A's. But well, well, there was the you had your yeah. They're one of the best team in baseball, right? They're better than every the, other. They have a better the, record than every national. The league Brewers team. and Cubs have a better record, and the Phillies and Diamondbacks, who lead their division, have the same record as the A's, and the A's are in third place and not in a wild card spot. Yeah, that's it's it's. And the not division really close leaders to one either. By the way, the Mariners are like six games oh, yeah. up on yeah. the A's right now, and they're, so they're the second wild card in the AL and head and shoulders above yeah. the yes. rest of the teams. The, in the, the NL, in the does, NL. you know, the, the NL does not have that issue. You know, the, no. the AL is very top heavy. We talked about Cleveland. They have, <laughs> they have the worst record of any division leader, and they somehow have the biggest lead in their division. Yeah, they're so the AL's eight and a half over. Minnesota. You know what the AL playoff picture is. This NL playoff picture is, is intriguing. I think it's at least going to be fun to watch. Yeah. As long as we can count the Cardinals as still being in contention, which I, I know some fans have decided they're not. They're three I'm, games bad. I'm going to say bad. they are. You've got really ten teams in the NL that could conceivably make the playoffs because the worst of those ten record-wise is the Nationals, and historically they've been a pretty good team and a team that was expected to be there uh, when the season began. So I, And even the Rockies are right there with them too. So ten teams for, for five spots is going to, to make for an interesting August into September. Well, and the, and the Cardinals are I, they're they're not they're not out of it by any means, and, I, and and like you said, the there are enough teams here, there are enough enough things in play, there are enough people who are going to make moves that the landscapes in certain divisions are not going to look the way that they they look right now. Um, but speaking of moves, I actually wanted to talk about this, Brooke. I wanted to get your opinion on this trade. So, you, so Brendan every Tuesday on the app writes and for Camelby.com, of course, writes Trade Poll Tuesday where he solicits potential trades, and then analyzes whether or not a particular one would work. And then this week, we kind of cooked up a Frankenstein out of a couple of them. And so I'm going to lay this out for you. And the Cardinal fans polled on Twitter did not care for this. (laughs) Did Did not not care care for for this. this. Now, I'd argue that a lot of times it's because most fans, no offense to fans, but most Folks want like, oh, trade Dexter Fowler and Colton Wong, Luke Voigt, and Luke <laughs> Voigt for Manny Machado, and it's like, no, that's not a, it's not how that works that's at not all. Feasible, yeah, yeah. It's always like, get a big pile of garbage together and then take it to the Lexus dealership and just see what they'll let you drive off the lot with, and that's not how this works. So we we came up with a a, a, a blockbuster. All right, okay. you ready for this? Yeah. We have. Uh, Jose Martinez. I'm thinking about the way he wants to frame it. Like, whose name is he going to put out there first? Because there are some names involved in this. So Jose Martinez. Okay. Yeah, and this and when we wrote it up. So it's Jose Martinez, Mm -hmm. uh, minor league pitcher Ryan Helsley. Throws 100 miles an hour. Currently injured, but considered one of their top 10 guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, Left-handed pitcher Austin Gomber. Okay. Left fielder Marcelo Zuna. <laughs> That's okay. snuck it in at the end. Uh-huh. Snuck okay. it in at the end. Uh, uh, that that one to, came, that came out of left field. <laughs> see, that's why I had to stack these. I put him way. first in the poll. Maybe that's why I uh, got such <laughs> a bad result. You got to it. Yeah. yeah. So those. So you. So Martinez, Ozuna, 
Helsley and Gomber are heading to Tampa Bay. And in return, you are getting Chris Archer and Matt Duffy. Now, you're giving me that look. So, first first impressions. Were you here when we were working this out yesterday, Mike? Yeah, we were talking about okay. it. I'm okay. I, Mike, I think Mike came around a little bit on it. Let me get your first impressions for that deal. So, it's a four for two. Why? That's, that's uh, why. That's my first impression. <laughs> why? <laughs> okay. I will, I'll, handle, I'll handle the – so, Jose – Jose's easy. Jose doesn't have a – a place to play in the field. He cannot play. No. Every time, yes, every time, it, yeah, every it. time it's been he's painful. in, every time he's on the field, somebody who's better at that position is not playing that position. First base, um, atrocious. But he had right yeah. field is fine. But he's not. He he is a DH. Yeah. Like that is that is what he is. No, and, you you need him at the plate. And so here's the deal. He was never meant to be a piece the team was going to build around. He was kind of no. luck, right? He, they yeah. lucked into him. He's it was age thirty now. In July, late July, yeah, he'll be 30. So, so he'll be 30. He doesn't have a position. Maximum value for him, unless you're going to actually build your lineup around a 30-year-old Jose Martinez, <laughs> is trade him to an AL team that needs offense, needs when he can slot into that DH spot, right? Mm-hmm. So I'll, that's my argument for sending him. The And, Brandon, if you want to take the pitching side of this, from, from the Cardinals' export. Okay, so the Cardinals uh, – realistically to to receive Chris Archer who's been a guy that I've been like stumping for for I don't know how many years now because he's thrown 200 innings every year now he won't this year because he was on the DL for a little while but he's a strikeout per inning guy even with his K rate going down a little bit this season 79 strikeouts and 79 innings Um, his ERA a little bit inflated but he plays in that AL East where you currently have the Red Sox and the Yankees that he's got to face however many times a season Mm -hmm. juggernaut of, of a lineup in both cases and so I feel like you bring a guy like him to the National League, it, it's gonna he's gonna fare a little better, and his contract is absolutely delicious because he's paid like eight million dollars next year, nine million the year after that, eleven million the year after that. So you'd have him for three seasons beyond this one. So basically three and a half. And he's if cheap. If he made the trade now, so that's and for the two hundred twenty innings that he typically throws, that's that's excellent. He would be a rock solid sure thing that any pitching rotation could use. Lance and, Lynn. And for that reason, he'd be like a better Lance Lynn. Yeah. What Lance Lynn was with the Cardinals, anyway. He's, he's not doing not, so well. Not this twins We're Lance not going to talk Lynn. about that. <laughs> but as far as the pitching that would go from the Cardinals, Helsley is probably, of the prospects we haven't seen yet, I would say their second best behind Dakota Hudson. Um, Gomber is a guy that we have seen, a lefty, which teams always tend to value a little bit differently, uh, has has – been passable out of the Cardinal bullpen. Yeah, so he's had a perfectly like, acceptable you've at least ERA seen him for an MLB ma- Right. You've seen him in the major leagues, and you know that he didn't completely bomb out, which I think matters when you when you mm-hmm. think about prospects. Well, he was pitcher of the year in the organization. Sure. So he's, he's a guy, and he was number nine, I believe, uh, MLB Pipeline has him, has him in the top ten uh, Cardinal prospects as well. So because you're getting a, a reliable starting pitcher from the Rays, you've got to send some pitching their way. And J.J. and I kind of talked about, you know, which pitchers would it be, but they're in a position where they're led by Blake Snell, a young starting pitcher that's leading the AL and ERA right now. And so adding a couple of young guys to that staff that could be there in a year or two to help them out, uh, I think would make sense from the Rays' perspective. And you you got to give something to get something. So that's kind of the way it looks for for the pitching. But I know you're thinking, okay, Marcelo Zuna's <laughs> going the other direction. Yeah, that's How right. are you replacing the offense uh, lost by Jose Martinez and Marcelo Zuna? Right. And that's the big thing is people are, when they saw that, they saw Marcelo's in the name first, and like, why? 
and that, and you I mean, gave that's, me, you that's gave one. Yeah, I, I literally was like, yeah. excuse me, what? Yeah, and you gave a pretty good explanation <laughs> to me yesterday when you were trying to sell this. To and me. my argument is, first of all, you're you're talking about Marcelo Zuna's potential, his name recognition. It sounds mm-hmm. good, all star name recognition. Because right yeah. now, what is he actually giving your offense? Now that's he's underperforming to be sure, but the bigger question is. Do you really think that you're going to be able to re-sign Marcelo Zuna? Because you got him for one more year, and then you got to re-sign him. Mm-hmm. Based on everything that we hear coming out of this clubhouse that you've felt when you're over there, Brendan, that yeah. you've felt when you're over there, does it seem like any of these guys are eager to re-sign when they could go somewhere else, especially guys like Marcelo Zuna who are, you know, they have the reputation of being, like, bubbly and loose? Mm-hmm. This is, first of all, it's St. Louis. It's Missouri. And if you're a guy that played in Florida – and you're and from <laughs> warmer, you know, if you're from warmer areas with water, you're playing in, in the middle of landlocked St. Louis is not exactly <laughs> attractive, but it is if you have a winning, fun team. The Cardinals aren't that right now. No. And so my question is, if you don't think that you can re-sign him and his name value is still trending well, and up. I like, and I like the Jose and Marcel thing because they are actually really close. They're really good friends, too. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know. And they're, they're attractive as a unit to move because you get a DH and you get essentially what the Cardinals want in Archer is he's not performing to his value, but we think we can improve it. Right. Yeah. Cause arguably the one part of the coaching staff that has had reliable success is Mike Maddox. And he's had these, he has the second best starting rotation in the NL. He's got Jack Flaherty turned into an everyday starter, probably a year ahead of when everyone thought he was going to be one. Mm-hmm. That's the one area where I'd be confident handing over a little bit of a, a project and say, like, see what see what we can get out of him. He's an elite pitching coach, and Archer was at one time considered one of the elite prospects in pitching. Marcelo Zuna going to the Rays, the Cardinals cannot fix his offensive woes. The Rays can take a look at him and say, like, I think change of scenery helps. Back to Florida, you're going to a new team, you're in the AL East, mm-hmm. you got a new vibe. The Cardinals now give up that second year of control that they got in the trade, but maximum value you get Duffy back that helps your offense he doesn't replace the power numbers but he's a steady 300 plus hitter nearly 400 on base guy and more importantly he can play a position and so yes and so what I'm looking at Marcelo Zuna uh, yeah gold glove gold glove glove winner winner, Marcelo Zuna isn't exactly tearing it up in the outfield either no so here's here's my 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 closer for this if you look at the team now and you look at their problems, they've got an inconsistent offense. They've got a mess around the infield about who's playing where and who can, you know, who goes where. They've got a guy who cannot play a position. And they've got an outfield that's got Dexter Fowler fighting for playing time, underperforming Tommy Pham, underperforming Marcelo Zuno. You make this trade. You have Matt Duffy at third, Paul DeYoung at short, Colton Wong at second, Matt Carpenter at first. Molina behind the plate. Now your infield is set. That is your starting infield. Every one of those guys can hit. Wong took a little bit longer, but every one of those guys is a 265-plus hitter Mm -hmm. at their best. A couple of them can mash in Carpenter and DeYoung. And then if Colton Wong stays up, you got on-base guys. Now in your outfield, Harrison Bader's playing every day. Yeah. (laughs) Which immediately makes your outfield defense better. And even if it's Harrison Bader, Tommy Pham, Dexter Fowler, that's not an ideal outfield. But the one you got right now is an ideal. And free agencies are coming, and you can go sign some outfielders. More importantly, what's your rotation now? Carlos Martinez, Miles Michaelis, 
Chris Archer, Jack Flaherty, Michael Walker if he's healthy, Alex Reyes, Luke Weaver, all of those options. That's seven names. That's seven names. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, <laughs> seven names, all of whom, all of whom are cheap. Carlos Martinez is cost controlled. Mm-hmm. Chris Archer cost controlled. Miles Michaelis is on a two-year deal. Michael Walker's, I mean, he's going to get paid here soon, but cost controlled for the time being. Jack Flaherty, you got. S- Five more years of him on on cheap deals. Reyes and Weaver, you're lo- you're locked and loaded for at least 2019, and then you make a decision about Michaelis and Waka. If you want to keep one, let the other walk or whatever. You you've got it. You've you've and, and then you still have room for like the injury that will inevitably happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. You still feel the, really the good injuries. about your uh, about your starting rotation. And all this hinges on whether or not you really thought you were going to sign Marcelo Zuna. But for me, it looks like look, it's not working out. We're probably going to blow this thing up in some some respects anyways, right? The manager is is real close to being out. They're going to have to move some pieces. Why not get maximum value for Jose Martinez, this, this incredible lottery ticket that just hit for you. Mm-hmm. Get Marcelo Zuna traded on hopefully what people believe is change of scenery, name. He's certainly he's 27. Get back a consistent hitter. He's 20. He's 27. He's Ozuna? Yeah. Is Ozuna 29? Hold on. I'm looking at him right now. He's 27 in 241 days. I thought he was 29. Okay. No, and Matt, Matt Duffy is also 27. Yeah, Duffy's mm-hmm. 27. And, and Martinez is 29. Oh, yes, 29 yeah. in like 335 days. Yeah, so he's, about, he's <laughs> yeah. about to turn. <laughs> That's great. Um, so basically, all I'm saying is if you can get that to get Archer here, you've got a rotation that is – head and shoulders above everybody else in the National League in terms mm-hmm. of depth and or quality. You finally have an infield that you can start, and you finally have an offense that you're like, this is what we have. And you're not having to shuffle this guy around to get Jose in, but where can we put him? We can, I guess we put him at first. Oh, yeah, Jet yeah. Jerko exists. Like, yeah. Jerko wouldn't necessarily have a starting spot with that, but there's, he's, he bumps up the line because you don't have to solve the Martinez problem every day. Exactly. And maybe you're not thrilled about your outfield. Go buy one. It yeah. Maybe not yet. <coughs> Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper is coming available. But that's your problem is now you have a one of the best defensive center fielders in baseball in Harrison Bader. You have mm-hmm. Tommy Pham, who, who knows how he's going to shake out, but he's at least playable. You have Dexter Fowler, who's certainly on the downside of his 30s. However, we know he's not a 160 hitter. He's probably closer to 240. And he said he would become that if he gave him some playing time. So yeah, I guess. So just, isn't so that, this isn't that going to work out? Now we'll, we'll put itself. that to the test, won't we? Yeah, this would solve that. So now hearing hearing our, our long I, – I hope there is someone in their car just giving us double birds right now. <laughs> just like, you These idiots. Guys are terrible. Now that you've heard the explanation, do you warm up at all to that idea or are you still very anti – no, I I actually see it now. I actually, I think that that's something that people would get really fired up about. Because one, people love seeing Harrison Bader out in the outfield, yes. and you want more of that. He's super talented, and he's proved that time and time again. Yes, he's kind of, you know, in a little bit of a slump right now at the plate, but still he makes up for it defensively. Yeah. And, I mean, Marcelo Zuna, I think the change of scenery could be something beneficial to him. You know, he... 
he isn't great in the outfield, you know. And Which, then <laughs> I mean, well, how he won a Gold Glove is one of life's great wild. mysteries. Yeah, and Jose Martinez. I mean, I think he's a fan favorite. But which will be yeah. kind of tough, but at the same time, I think it would be something that would be beneficial for his career. So I see it from that standpoint that it'd be something that would be good for him. And I think, yeah, I think if he gets into a DH role, I would argue too, like financially, it's better for him if oh, he's, yeah. if he's. I mean, he had the misfortune of being log jammed in the minors forever in Kansas yeah. City. So he's if he gets paid, it's not going to be much, and it's going to be late. But he has a much better shot at getting a a kind of a life changer of a contract. If he's a DH, because one, he can play a little bit longer as a DH. Two, no one has to worry about his defense. Exactly. I think everybody's watching. They do not want to deal with that whatsoever. So if you can get him into a DH role, I think. And, and the thing is, it's that's helpful. You know, if you're the Rays and you're looking to, you're looking to kind of 26th in runs scored this yeah, season, Tampa to, Bay Rays to, to build up your offense and to kind of reassemble a contender. Having a guy a DH that's cost controlled for four more years five more years perfect you've got mm-hmm. you've got an absolute bargain bin great hitter that you can just have in your lineup it costs you no money but i can also see the argument of like you know you giving up on marcel too soon and that's what a lot of people said when i asked for like their explanation they said we're selling low on ozuna if we do that which i i, I you can make that argument but we could look back a year from now and say wow ozuna for the the length of his contract had an ops plus of 93 when he was in St. Louis, just like he did in his rookie year, just like he did in 2015. Like, he's done this before where he's just sometimes he's good and some years he's not good, and maybe you just had him when he's not good. I don't think this is selling low because I think both players you're getting back are helping you. Yes, Rather than the guy who sounds like he should be helping you but has a slugging percentage of 396. Yeah, and I think there could be an argument, too, that maybe maybe you're not selling low, but maybe you bought high. I mean, you bought him on the back of a career season. And the question coming in was, okay, is he that guy or is he the guy from the preceding three seasons? We're finding out he's not that guy. He's definitely not that <laughs> yeah. guy. I don't think he's as bad as the other one, but he's he's definitely not that guy. Mike, do you have any do you have any qualms about this deal? I think uh, another thing is is this a deal that that you come out and say like we're giving up on the season? Because I think some people, if when you hear an Ozuna and a Martinez, the middle of your lineup, people will be like, oh, well, they're they're throwing it in for the year. I think that's what people's first thought is. But I don't think that's true. I no, think, like man. you said, we, you, that that pitching that that uh, rotation is like, oh boy, this is a baseball trade. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is. Helps it's both not teams that are middling right now. It does. Probably neither of them are going to make the playoffs, but I think it puts both of them in a better I position agree. to do so. To be honest with you. Yeah. And. The rotation that you have, this is the Cardinals' dream rotation because it's set, one, it's seven people deep, yeah. and two, everybody is on what I would consider bargain deals. Like they're, mm-hmm. you know, you're gonna have to decide if you're gonna pay, you know, Miles and and Michael Walker when it, when you get there. But every other name in there is super either already has a low cost contract like Carlos Martinez where he's a ten million dollar a year pitcher, or Chris Archer where he's got two more years of you know sub twelve. Or they're on rookie deals all mm-hmm. the way up for the next four or five years. So, like, I don't think that there's a better rotation in terms of how the Cardinals like to do it. Now, the problem is, yeah, your offense loses but some that's hit, the but I don't think it. you're losing that much. No, and you just mentioned it, too. Like, okay, most people are not feeling so good about this season anyway. So, let's look to next year and say, if that's your rotation and it's that cheap, spend the money. Like, you've got money to spend on the area of your team that you don't feel so hot about. 
I think it would be. I think a. It would be interesting. You have more money to spend if it wasn't all tied up in Dexter Fowler well, and Brett Cecil. But there is that to consider. You know. <laughs> but I think also not only would it make it make it interesting for the rest of the season. I think it would allow them, like it would set a new foundation going into the winter of okay, we don't have all this weirdness anymore. We can diagnose what we want to do and we can get it done. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, wanna... at the end of the day, it's a it's still a business, you know, yeah. and that's a a good business decision. I would, yeah, I would argue that because yeah, it leaves you money to spend on offense, mm-hmm. because, and we what we saw is, offense comes a little cheaper, now after this most recent free agency period, I think a lot of things are coming cheaper, and I think that the like the the type of pitching that you want, you have to either have in house or somehow luck into a deal like you would get with like an Archer or a Martinez, mm-hmm. right? Because nobody wants to pay. Like, I mean, there's five names that you'd pay $100 million plus for. After that, everyone's just like, no, I'm not going to overpay for pitchers anymore. Like Lance Lynn got a $12 million deal. And he was a guy that previously was expected to pull 15 to 20. For, like, four years or more. Yeah. Right. He got a one-year $12 million deal. So, like, pitching is just a gross market to be in. If you're loaded like that, I think, like you said, business decision. I have a question. Who would you rather have, Bryce Harper or Manny Machado? Well, if we make this deal for the Cardinals, <laughs> go ahead and give him Bryce Harper because there's an obvious goal. I, I, he outfield. likes that decision. I, he was waiting to say Bryce Harper. I was waiting. I, okay, because there <laughs> is Bryce. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is Bryce Harper younger than Manny Machado? Nah, I think they're both about the same about age. About the same age. They're both Harper's, super Harper's young. Like 25, Man- Man- and Harper's having a worse offensive season. Oh, absolutely. We should, we should mention. Yeah. Not a Harper. bad one, but not by yeah, his standards. His average is well, down. Like Machado's playing – Gold glove defense. Well, no, his but defense he's is down, but his offense is raking. He's hit, what, he yeah. got 23, 22 on He had two right? last night. Oh, my uh, God. Yeah. Yo, okay. Yankees. Harper's 25. I'll take Harper. I'll take, I'll yeah, take I Harper. think Machado's 26. 26. Yeah. Let's see. So, yeah, I've, about I've long been on the – if they were going to go all in on someone, I would take Bryce Harper. You would take I have Bryce an, Harper. I have, I've had an infatuation with Bryce Harper since he was on the cover of Sports Illustrated. Here's the thing, though, about – He was. Nine when that happened? No, when he was – I think he was 16 years old. Him and LeBron, I think, are like the only teenagers ever to be on the cover of Wasn't Sports Sidney Crosby? Yeah, he could have been, yeah. That's hockey. Who cares? Uh, Ouch. Some of us do. <laughs> Please like my sports. No, I'm just kidding. Ouch. I'm just kidding. I'm okay. just kidding. But the other thing is on the, the infielder, Manny Machado, he says he's only going to play shortstop. Did you see that comment? Where yeah. Somebody yeah. asked, hey, if you were traded to a contender, would you move positions? or you know, Because he was a pretty good third baseman defensively. Yeah. 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 Moved back to shortstop this season. Has done very poorly. To the point where, if you talk about heading into free agency, I think that hurts his value. If okay. if he truly if he is only going to play to, yeah. shortstop, yeah. And Nolan Arenado is better anyway, so <laughs> I, we might be a year away from that conversation. But if you get Harper now, then just get Arenado later, and then you're oh sure you're set. Well, the ask, Yankees ask me Arenado or Harper because I love me some Nolan Arenado. No, he's not. He's not a free agent. <laughs> name eventually, four names. Give me, no, give me any four names. Brendan last night. Brendan last night was legit. <laughs> he called me a junkie. Yeah, he just was. For he was Nolan. tweaking yeah, on yeah. me. He said he wanted. He wanted Nolan, and I was like, I was like, forget it, man. It's not gonna happen. And he's just like, okay, which four names? I was like, Nolan's like a four for one trade. He's like, which four names? And I didn't respond. And then it's a cast. Give me four names. <laughs> and they said, find a way to give me four without Wong, though. Yeah, you can't add Colton Wong. You can't Wong. have Colton. No. And then I was yeah. just like, ah, you're a junkie. And he was like, LOL. One minute later, four names. Four <laughs> names, damn it. <laughs> Hudson, Jorko, Weaver, J-Mart, not enough? Come on, man. They could get Jose run, like, let Jose I was run like, around right field like a giraffe. Give it to me. Give it to me. <laughs> He's like, and then I, I was like, Arenado, let's see. And he goes, yeah, four names for Nolan, just not Wong. Even though, yes, he would make sense with Lume, he's contract. So I finally gave him four names at 12.19 a.m. And those four names are? 
Oh god, dude, I'm goodness. about to make it a poll right after we Flaherty, finish. Okay, okay, good. Flaherty, Hudson, Mercado, and uh, uh, Andrew Kisner. Kisner. Yep, give me it. I'll take it. That's what that's I said. I gave him the Star Wars I'm not, I'm not, gift yeah, where I said, do it. it. <laughs> I'm not going to get into that because that's next that's, that's also a lot of problems. Next, next, like next year we can get into yeah, that. There you Brooke, go. which uh, Machado or Harper, who are you taking? If, if I would say Harper just for the fact of the Machado stuff. I mean, with him, you know, just wanting to be a shortstop, I don't think is exactly ideal. No, and you have your cost-controlled you feel good about Paul Young, yeah. Yeah, you feel good about. I mean, especially he's healthy now. He's doing well. He's not doing great, but still, you know, he's doing okay. He had yeah. a broken hand. He was. He'll come around. Yeah, I think. I think around. he's. Yeah, you're hit. not something where you're worried about him. Yeah, you're not. Yeah, you're not looking at that like, oh God, that's money down the drain. I would say. Yeah, I think that position thing is that's a dumb move for him. I shouldn't tell Manny Machado what's dumb and what's <laughs> not. But please, if you're listening to this, please don't hurt me. Uh, but I, insisting on playing a position that you're defensively graded out very poorly at right now is I, – I don't know it's why strange. you do that. Brennan, your vote? Oh, my vote between the two is yeah. – is, I, I would say Harper um, I, because I'm imagining that – the thing is I think third base would be a really good fit for the Cardinals, but if he's going to outright refuse to play it, I don't think it I, – I don't think it helps you as much as it as you think it might. So I would – I'd probably go Harper at this point. You couldn't go wrong with either of them. What they would do for your offense, but uh, yeah. I think I think Harper. I think Harper has maybe a a better shot of coming to St. Louis. Also, uh, which is I weird to think that. about, but I don't know that you're wrong about that either. Like I I think that like I think Machado clearly was like he he wanted to go to a coast. You know, like he had already said like he wants to. The Yankees are in on him, and they're mm-hmm. like, please just please <laughs> join us so you stop beating us all the time. But like I think he's a guy that like. Some guys I think are really drawn to like a big like the big market, the big city, and some guys I think are that's that's less of a priority over like maybe personnel fit or type of type of team or manager. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Mike Matheny's drawn Bryce Harper to the to the Cardinals, but I think that that coaching decision might impact free agency. I just think that Machado feels like a dude who wants more energy. More like like a New Stanton type, yeah. Like Stanton like where Stanton was very clear, he was like, yeah. "No, I want to, you know, I want to go to New York, or yeah. I want to go to L.A., or maybe Chicago." You know, these are like kind of bigger cities. St. Louis isn't isn't popping like that. <laughs> um, I think Harper's maybe he seems like a dude who's been he hasn't really made comments like that. He doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. and he's been fairly content in, in D.C. So I think he's more apt to come to a smaller market than maybe Machado is, if that's fair. But neither of them probably do end up coming to. Like, do the Cardinals even want a Bryce Harper with the way they have their off, uh, outfield set up right now? No, but when they trade uh, <laughs> Ozuna and Jose, then, yeah, yeah it's a perfect I'm, fit. So, yeah, maybe I was answering the question, too, with the thought that that had already taken place because it only makes too much sense. Um, but, no, I think with with Machado, great to have, but truthfully, you call me crazy. I would I, I would do nothing and would wait another year and just give Arenado all the money he could he could want because third base is your need. you got your shortstop. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't. We're not going to let Mike talk about Arenado. We'll be here for another hour and a half. And Brooke has important journalism things to do. I do. Well, thank you guys for joining me, Brooke. What's your Twitter handle? You're just Brooke Grimsley. Just Brooke Grimsley. I keep right. it simple. Well, that's it for this episode. I'm going <laughs> to do a little behind the scenes there, Brooke. Thank you for joining me. Brooke Grimsley is a re- sports reporter for Channel Four KMOV. You can follow her on Twitter at Brooke Grimsley. That's G R I M E. 
Whoa. Probably S L Y. Grimesley. S in there, maybe? Grimesley? Grimsley. Brooke, spell your name. G R I M S L E Y. The E was there. It was bouncing around. Brooke Grimsley on Twitter. Brennan Schaefer. Ooh, that was rough. Cardinal writer for the baseball STL app. Do you want to spell his name, too? No, you can follow him at bschaefer12. You can follow me at the JJ Bailey, but don't waste your time. Mike Steve Ritter on the boards. You can follow him on Twitter at Mike Steve Ritter. We'll be back one week from now. Hopefully, Brooke or Brendan will be able to rejoin me. I know that we're going to have Ben Fred from the Post-Dispatch in here, so stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening, and as always, be nice to each other.